This is the Anna Dare podcast. Hello there. Thank you so much for listening. I am Anna and I host the Triple M Gippsland Breakfast Show, Monday to Friday, 6am till 9am, 94.3 and 97.9. And I do this podcast now too on the listener app. So it trips me out a little bit that you have chosen to listen to this podcast. So thank you for choosing to listen. It actually means a lot to me. I'm really, I'm really, really stoked to be doing it. Um, what am I going to talk about today? Well, lots to talk about. I've got um, TV time, of course, to look forward to because my life is TV and I watch a lot of it. So um, look forward to that at the end of this episode. Also, I'm going to tell you about the usage of the word mate. Mate. Aussies love saying the word mate, don't we? But we use it in a very different way. And there's actually been a study done about the use of the word mate. I'm not kidding. An actual university professor did a study. So I'm going to tell you a bit about that. Uh, But before all of that, we are going to catch up with Ranger Benny. Now, I talk to him on the show every week. He is an absolutely great bloke. And this week I talked to him about National uh, Threatened Species Day, which was on September 7th this year. And I found out something. He told us about something like really sad about Aussie animals, actually. So here's my chat with him. Good morning, Ranger Benny. How are you? I'm good, Anna. How are you doing? I'm good. It's good to be back. Good to talk to you again. Uh, now, you spoke very briefly with Aaron last week about the new koala, Joey. That's very exciting. Uh, but I thought today it'd be really good for us to have a chat about National Threatened Species Day, which was earlier this week. Uh, tell us about it, please. Yeah, absolutely. So... The actual Threatened Species Day, the, the date of it, September 7th, it sort of it coincides with um, with Benjamin, who he was he was the um, the last ever Tasmanian tiger, wow. um, and he he died in captivity, I think it was way back in like 1936 or something like that, yeah. um, down in in Hobart Zoo. So it's sort of um, yeah, the idea is just to kind of highlight the plight of those sorts of threatened uh, species, and and not just the animals, but mm-hmm. the um, you know, the the plant life and stuff that we have that's under threat as well. So, yeah, yeah I think it's been running since about 1996 and they just put a whole bunch of, you know, conservation uh, issues and programs out there that sort of circulate amongst um, this, this overall theme of, of Threatened Species Day. So, yeah, that's sort of a, a very brief uh, overview of it, Anna. <laughs> it's, it's so important because in the info that you'd sent me through, Australia has one of the worst records in the world with yeah. plants and animals becoming extinct. That's so sad. Like, yeah, why, why would that be the case, do you think? And we've, and we've got so many animals and species that are endemic to Australia. So Completely they, they, unique they, to they, Australia. They, yeah, nowhere yeah. else are they found. And, you know, there's literally thousands of different species of plants and animals that are they're literally under threat as we speak. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's crazy. But, like, they say that most of it's down to the you know, habitat destruction mm-hmm. and, you know, when non-native species get in there, you know, both plants and animals and mm-hmm. just cause, you know, wreak havoc. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of stuff that we can do as well, just in those little, you know, the little daily choices that you make at the supermarket and, you know, riding your bike instead of doing your car, all the, all the little conservation issues that you, you probably think aren't that much and you're not really doing anything. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you times that by the millions of people who can get involved and it really does make an impact for for these little species that are out there. And, yeah, we're, we're lucky enough to have quite a few threatened species that at work there. So, it's um, yeah, it's a real pleasure to be able to 
to work with those species and get their breeding programs going and yeah. do our little bits for conservation. So, yeah. yeah it's so important. I'm, it's made me really sad to know that, that Australia, you know, that we have this terrible record and our animals are so loved by, you know, international tourists because oh, they, they don't get to see them and here we are not looking after them the way we should. So Well, that's right. It's a thing they, they first think of. It's, you know, it's the Sydney yeah. Harbour Bridge and then it's our wildlife. Yeah, and, that's right. Yeah, we, we really got to do what we can just in the little ways. And look, to be honest, there's not, there's not a, a much happening at the moment with all the crazy lockdowns. There's, there's not a great deal of things you can get on board with at the minute. But, yep. you know, things are going to ramp back up again. It's a 12-month-a-year it's a headspace that you need to get in if you're going to sure. make a difference anyway, not just, you know, 7th. September. So, yeah, yeah, sure. Ranger Benny, good to chat with you, mate. My pleasure. Ah, oh, he's such a good bloke. Now, here's a story that didn't actually make it to air on the breakfast show. So, this is uh, unique just for the podcast. Um, I love a bit of history. So, a hat containing DNA evidence that it once belonged to the legendary French general and dictator Napoleon. It's up for auction and could fetch. Get this, more than $3 million. Now, this is my question. They found DNA evidence on Napoleon's hat. Wait until they go through his laptop. <laughs> uh, apparently someone bought the old bicorn hat from a German auction house and then they found inscriptions and other evidence that suggested that it could have belonged to Napoleon, so they got that hat DNA tested. How do you even know that it would have been Napoleon's? Anyway, it's like when your girlfriend or boyfriend, no, it's like when your girlfriend shows up with a kid, kind of looks like you and also covers their poor self-esteem with hyper-aggression. The evidence suggests that you get the DNA test. Now, a scientific analysis of the hat found two strands of hair that contained the genetic marker of Napoleon. And now the hat is worth three million bucks? I mean, I don't think so. Napoleon was the self-appointed emperor emperor of France, three in every 10 French people probably contain Napoleon's genetic marker. Don't you reckon? You don't appoint yourself emperor of the French and then only put your DNA in a few selected hats. This guy put his DNA everywhere, no doubt. So before I paid three million bucks for Napoleon's hat, I'd be asking a few questions like, don't you think finding two DNA matched hairs in an old German hat is a little bit too convenient? And also, what sort of moron invades Russia in the winter? <laughs> oh, dear. It's a, it's a fun look on uh, DNA testing, which I'm a little bit, um, I don't know, sceptical, weirded out about. I've never done one of those DNA tests before. I'd, I'd be interested in doing it, but at the same time, I'm a bit freaked out by doing it. Like, what if you find out, I don't know, in your whole life's a lie or something. It's a bit scary. Uh, now, on my show this week, the Triple M Gibson Breakfast Show, I also caught up with Shane A. He's our movie analyst. Uh, he and I, gosh, we gas bag a lot uh, because we love movies. In fact, we text each other all week to tell each other what we're watching, etc. Shane A. and I have never actually met before, but one day we will. Anyway, here is me and uh, my chat with Shane A. talking movies on The Breakfast Show. Good morning, Anna. I'm doing really well. I'm just having my first coffee for the day, so I'm very happy. Excellent. There's nothing better than the first coffee. (laughs) I'm on to the second. Actually, no, third. Uh, (laughs) Now, we come out of 
lockdown at 11.59 tonight. We, I mean Regional Vic. Um, obviously, we do have listeners that are still in Metro, so we we're not, right. we not don't want to gloat too much about that situation. But that does mean that cinemas have reopened with restricted seating, etc. Uh, but, yeah, this is good news. So let's go through what is coming up. Uh, you've got at the cinemas. Tell us what, what's available at the moment. Yeah, we're still showing as of tomorrow, as you say, when cinemas reopen. Um, there will be a limited capacity in auditoriums and preferences to book online because then you can just go in straight in, you know, no problems. Uh, the movies that are still showing are Free Guy, which uh, I really enjoyed with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, the Hugh Jackman movie, Reminiscence. Uh, a really good thriller called The Night House. And for the kids, Paw Patrol is also oh. playing. So great to see movies on the big screen again. Absolutely. Love that movie, Popcorn. And now this show on Netflix, I actually talked about it last week in um, my podcast that you right. can get on the on the listener app. Uh, but, yeah, Clickbait. It's, it's really good. Filmed in Melbourne. Yeah, filmed in Melbourne. Um, has a lot of Australian actors in it. Of course, it's set in America, so they've got American accents, the yeah. Aussie actors. That doesn't matter. I mean, I don't know if you, I, I don't know if you kept it spoiler free in your podcast, but these eight episodes sort of unravel. Kind of, they start high and then they go through this process where I couldn't stop watching. Yeah, I really enjoyed good. it more than I expected, and the acting, especially from Zoe Kazan as yeah. the sister Pia. Terrific. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, every episode ends on a cliffhanger, essentially. I so you, you have to keep watching. <laughs> it's a really good show. So that's cl- clickbait on Netflix. And then Amazon Prime, The Voyeurs. I don't know about this one. What's that about? Well, uh, I've said this a couple of times in the last month or so, but this is one of the best movies I've seen for the year. It's a, a thriller about a young couple who move into this apartment. It's a high rise apartment, uh, and they start looking at people across. The, the way and seeing people in the windows and what they're doing, their neighbours, and they see these neighbours, this couple opposite them doing some questionable activity, mm-hmm. and they end up becoming involved with these neighbours, uh, mm. and things spiral out of control after that. So think of Rear Window, if you remember that classic movie, and uh, yeah, it's got a few 90s thriller tropes in it, but highly recommended The Voyeurs. Uh, Sydney Sweeney is in it from The White Lotus, if you saw that oh, show. Oh, yep, yep, okay. Uh, yeah, so it's terrific, really good movie. Amazon Prime. All right, I'll definitely check that one out. As somebody who's lived in high-rises on the Gold Coast many times <laughs> over the years, I know all about peering into other people's humans. Well, that's what happens in this movie, and I'm sure it happens in real life a lot. It does. For this young couple, uh, it's not good what ends up happening to them, unfortunately. Amazing. All right. Well, plenty to watch uh, over the weekend. And, of course, cinemas being reopening, exciting stuff. So, Shane A, movie analyst, thank you very much. Very welcome, Anna. Have a great day. On your Shane, there's Shane A, our movie analyst. Now, I mentioned at the top of the podcast that I had a story about this uh, study about the usage of the word mate. Mate. So take a listen. This is me uh, talking about the study on The Breakfast Show during the week this week. Triple M, Gippsland Breakfast, 94.3 and 97.9, just in case you didn't know. (laughs) I wanted to tell you about this study uh, from the University of Western Australia. Now, it's revealed that using the word mate in conversation does not doesn't make you any more trustworthy to other people. I would say that's because nobody uses the word mate to describe anyone who is actually their mate. I'm right, right? You're better off calling someone, 
don't know, the C word than calling them mate because people only use the word mate when, I don't know, when they're looking for trouble, when they're a bit aggro, I think. It's all about how you say it, of course. So when someone says, what are you looking at, mate? Well, that person is not your friend unless you're looking at something funny or sexy on your phone and then they say, what are you looking at, mate? Same sentence, different intonation though. It's very different. How about this one? Excuse me, mate, the line's over there. Once again, not your friend, unless it's perhaps a certain wag, Nadia Bartel pointing to a $3 Kmart plate. <laughs> what about this one? Why are you touching my mate's girlfriend? Now, that particular usage of the word mate is not designed to win friends and increase trust in any way. So when someone says, oh, come on, mate, what they're really saying is, I'm trying to rip you off, but you're not being very cool about it. Now, the man behind the study, Dr. Cyril Gruter, wanted to find out why Aussies frequently uh, interjected their conversations with the salutation, mate. And if using the cultural idiom, fortified connections between people. So Dr. Gruter basically is trying to make friends, but he's finding it hard because, mate, you know what I'm saying, mate. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm saying. <laughs> mate. <laughs> okay, it is time. Yes, you love it, don't you? TV time where I tell you about what I've been watching during the week. I'm sorry to say that I have not been watching much else than Survivor. I mentioned last week that I was doing uh, when I was off. Actually, I was off last week. So what I did was decided to set myself a challenge to watch every episode of US Survivor. I'm up to season 10 I, I know, I have absolutely no life, but we were in lockdown, so pfft, what else are you going to do? You know what has really stood out while I've been watching it to me is how society has changed so much in 21 years because the first season of Survivor was uh, 2000. So in that season, the one that Richard Hatch won, remember, the, he was naked all the time and he's had all sorts of controversies since then. I think he went to jail for not paying tax on the million bucks. Anyway. Um, in that season, the way that they speak about him, because he was an openly, he still is an openly gay man, um, but that wasn't very well represented in television back then. They were still using the F word. Like, it wasn't being bleeped. It was being used in conversation. The F word, and I mean the F word for a homosexual man, yeah. I was so shook when I heard them say it. I was like, what the hell? Wow that it was still socially acceptable to use that word on television, no less, it not be bleeped out, nobody seemed to be offended by it. Um, very, very strange. It made me kind of cringe a little bit when I heard it. And the other thing that stood out was how much we have changed in society when it comes to women and men and equality. Because throughout the seasons, even now in season 10, which I think uh, they did used to do two seasons a year, so we're at about the 2005 mark for season 10, the way that men would talk about women, uh, just uh, with no shame whatsoever, it was such a sexist time and openly sexist. Like it, it wasn't an issue for anyone. Women wouldn't tell the men off when they were rude to them. There was, there was just absolute openness when it came to the difference between men and women and the inequality between the sexes. It's really, really weird. Considering 2005 or 16 years ago, like you think to yourself, how much can society change in 16 years? A lot. 
a, a lot. Honestly, it made me so uncomfortable watching it. So anyway, as of yesterday, yesterday being Thursday, I decided to take a break from Survivor. <laughs> I, I can't just go through them all. There's another 11 seasons or even more, 12, 13 seasons, something like that. And I thought, oh, I kind of need a break. So I went uh, searching around on all my streamers and I've got loads. I think I've got, let's see, I've got Netflix, Stan, Disney Plus, Paramount Plus, Hey You, Binge, I'm forgetting one. Oh, Amazon Prime, hmm, at seven. I think I have more than that. I can't remember them all. Look, I told you, TV's my life. So um, I went looking for other things to watch. And I'm at the moment I'm waiting because I don't like to watch week to week. I like it when the whole season drops at once. So the Nine Perfect Strangers, the one with Nicole Kidman filmed in Byron Bay, that's on Amazon Prime, but there's only, I think, four or five eps out at the moment. So I'm ha- waiting till the whole season comes out, then I'll binge that. And also, I'm so excited to watch the... Uh, American Crime Stories, the new season. So American Crime Stories, if you don't know, is made by Ryan Murphy. He's bloody brilliant. He created, started with the um, Gianni Versace assassination, that story. I've watched that season, that whole show, twice. Uh, The second one he did was the OJ Simpson trial. Again, I've watched that twice. (laughs) It's amazing. The new one, the first episode just came out uh, yesterday And it is the Monica Lewinsky story. And Lewinsky, she actually helped write this series. So it's all going to be from the point of view of the women that were involved in the whole scandal. Um, And I can't wait. And the chick that's playing Monica Lewinsky is Beanie Feldman or Finkelstein. Anyway, she's Jonah Hill's little sister. She was in the movie Booksmart. She's bloody great. Uh, She's playing Monica Lewinsky. I can't wait. But they're bringing it out week to week. I think it's like 10 episodes as well. So I won't get to watch it for 10 weeks. I'm so upset about that. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I know. I need to get a life. And now we're out of lockdown. Maybe I can get one. So the show I decided to start watching last night uh, to have a break from Survivor was one I just came across randomly on Netflix. It's called On The Verge. It's uh, new. It is written and directed, created by Julie Delpy, who I adore. She's the French actress who started off in the Before Sunrise series with her and Ethan Hawke. So they did Before Sunrise in the 90s and they did the follow-up, which was Before Sunset. And then they did the final one in the trilogy, which was Before Midnight. Um, it's I love those stories. If you haven't seen them, you should definitely watch them. They're really great. And she has created this show, On the Verge. It's about four women living in LA and it's basically like – the build up to the pandemic and it talks about their shows their lives and how they met back in the year 2000 and how their lives have changed husbands kids you know huge life altering experiences uh so i've only watched two episodes i, I watched them last night they're little half houries so i'll smash through that probably tonight or over the weekend so check that out i i like it i think it's not for guys guys are not going to be into it but chicks will dig it on the verge on netflix uh all right That'll do for TV time and that will do for the Anadare podcast. Uh, I will have another one out for you on Wednesday. Thank you again for listening. If you've made it through this far, you're an 
absolute godsend to me. You really are. Uh, get my numbers up. It makes me look good to my boss. So uh, <laughs> thank you. You're listening on the Listener app. Share it with your friends. Tell them about it. And if you are listening next week, Monday to Friday, 6 a.m. till 9 a.m., Triple M Gippsland Breakfast Show, uh, call me, one three hundred nine two five triple six. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks. Peace out. If you want more from Anna, make sure you catch her weekday mornings on Gippsland's Triple M. Also available on Listener.